morning. I'm looking forward to this message. I have been pondering this topic for a while. I realize that that probably makes me more excited about it than you all who haven't been pondering it for a while. But the title of my message this morning is Jesus is King. And lately I've been thinking about that idea that Jesus is the King. I know you've heard that title before uh, throughout Scripture. Um, When Jesus was born, the wise men came and they were asking the question, where is he who was born King of the Jews? And at the end of Jesus' life, as he's on the cross, the sign above his head proclaimed him as the King of the Jews. And so we've heard this, this title of King. And throughout his ministry, Jesus was declaring over and over, that the kingdom of God was at hand. But the thing that I was thinking about and wondering was, what's it like to have a king? As an American citizen, do I have any idea what being under the rule of a king is is really like? Because in American culture, we have such ingrained ideas of um, independence, or democratic elections, representative government, and our, pers- and our personal rights, and those are so central to our way of life and our thinking, can we even relate to the idea of having a king? What's it like to be ruled by a king? Well, if you look at modern absolute monarchies, they're a disaster. I will admit that. They're a mess. We think of like totalitarian rule. We think of oppression, Uh, corrupt dictators, uh, societies that are largely cut off from the rest of the world. And monarchies throughout history were often the same. The king owns everything. Any liberty that a person has is at the will of the king. Uh, The king commands respect and fear. In some cultures, you don't even turn your back on the king out of respect and fear. Uh, Life and death are in the hands of the king. And if we're looking at human examples of kings, we can see the corruption and we can see that humanity is not perfect, but I'm not wanting to talk today about human kings. I want to talk about uh, Jesus, the king. And I want to think about if we recognize that Jesus is truly the king, the king of all kings, how does that affect the way that I live? How is my life impacted by the idea that Jesus rules and reigns as the king? So I want to take a look at four ways that our lives change when we become part of his kingdom and when we submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus. And the first way that our life changes is it's a change in our allegiance. What's allegiance? We have a pledge of allegiance, but what's allegiance? Allegiance means loyalty or commitment to a person, a cause, a group. Loyalty and commitment. If Jesus is king, he deserves our loyalty and our obedience and our respect and our honor. Jesus and his kingdom are the highest authority in our lives. James Chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourself to God. And Jesus taught that the greatest commandment is 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And in the Lord's Prayer, when he taught us to pray, he says the words, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. King, kingdom people submit their will to the will of the king. And yes, we are still subject to human laws and human governments and human institutions, but if those ever conflict with what Jesus taught, then who are we, where's our allegiance? Our allegiance then is to Jesus and to the higher law. Just think of the story of the apostles when the, the rulers arrested them and told them to quit teaching in the name of Jesus. That was the law from the rulers. And what did they do? Did they stop? Well, if we look at Acts chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, Peter and John answered those rulers by saying, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So who was their allegiance to? Their allegiance was to Jesus, even when it meant disobeying the earthly rulers. And our allegiance also must be to Jesus, our King. Now, the second way our lives change is a change in our values. So I was thinking, what are some, of, some examples of things that the culture around us that we live in, what are some of the cultural values around us? They're not all bad. But there's, if I would ask you, you would probably say things like success, achievement, independence, image, status, material gain, competition. These are the things we teach our children, the things we aspire. These are our values, right? Other cultures have different values. But the values of a kingdom reflect what matters to the king. And so for Christians, our values need to reflect what matters to Jesus, the king. Not, we don't want to just take on the values around us without evaluating whether those are things that truly matter to Jesus. And how do we know what matters to Jesus? Well, we can find out in his word, the Bible. There's a lot of teaching by Jesus in the Bible, and we can learn what matters to him. What are his values? Um, one of his famous statements of values we call the Beatitudes. What should our attitudes be, I guess? The Beatitudes. Jesus lists some values that we should have. And what are some of those values in the Beatitudes? Meekness, mercifulness, being pure in heart, being a peacemaker. There are other values that the Bible teaches like being humble. Jesus exemplified humility in his life. Speaking the truth, being kind, being generous, having self-control. Let's look at a couple scriptures about Christian and biblical values. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world. So we're not to conform ourselves. We're not to be have the same values necessarily as the world around us. We are to hear, adhere to God's values. And Paul also, in Scripture, gives us a list of Christian values. We call them the fruit of the Spirit. They're found in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. Paul, Paul gives a list. It's not a, probably a comprehensive list, but this is a list of some core values. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So as we submit ourselves to Jesus the King, we must make our values align with his values and we must ask ourselves as we go through life, what matters to Jesus? And the third way that our lives change under the rule of Jesus the King are is uh, the third way is as a, a change in our priorities. What's a priority? Priority is something that's regarded as more important than something else. So I think of priorities as a hierarchy or a list of an order of importance. And when we make decisions or make uh, choices in life, we measure things up with our list of priorities. Things are ranked in order of importance. Since we have limited time and we have limited resources, we're always making these decisions on where to focus and where to spend our time and money and effort. And we do that by evaluating our priorities. Jesus, believe it or not, speaks very directly to priorities, especially in the Sermon, sermon on the Mount. He talks about priorities. Let's look in detail here at Matthew chapter 6. This will probably be very familiar to you, and that's good. These are, priority, these are Jesus' instructions about priorities, starting in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And now here's the priority statement. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our top priority. And Jesus doesn't ignore the fact that we need food and drink and clothes. He says our Heavenly Father knows that we need these things. But our priorities need to be kingdom priorities. In God's kingdom, serving others takes priority over serving ourselves. Giving an offering to God comes before spending money on ourselves. Uh, you probably know Larry Burkett. He was a Christian financial counselor. And he said, You can tell more about a couple by looking at their checkbook than by anything else. Right? Because our spending reflects our priorities. Where do we spend our money? Where do we spend our time? I always think of a quote by Martin Luther who said, work, work from early until late. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I mean, he was so busy, he couldn't get it done unless he spent the first three hours in prayer. That's prioritization. But when I get really busy, it seems like prayer is the first thing to go. But if you look at Jesus's busy schedule. He was always, what, getting up early to pray, staying up late to pray, always making a priority out of talking with his father. And he took care of other people's needs before his own. In fact, um, his own family thought he was out of his mind for teaching and healing others while neglecting his own meal times. So, he was always prioritizing the needs of others. And the fourth way our lives change as part of God's kingdom is in our purpose or our mission. What kind of life purpose do people generally have? Lots of different purposes, lots of different missions. Some may be on a mission for advancement in their career. Some might be on a mission to pursue comfort and pleasure or to amass a fortune. Some may not have any much of a purpose at all and just kind of wander aimlessly through life doing whatever comes at hand. But what kind of purpose or mission aligns with Jesus' kingdom? That's the question for us. Remember when Roy Ralph was here a few weeks ago, he was talking about this kingdom mindset, this mission mindset, and he said the purpose of going to a bank is not financial business. It's kingdom business. Or when you go to a restaurant, the purpose is not just to eat. The purpose is to be on mission business, God's mission business, to see if there's someone you can share with or minister to or touch in some way. That's a kingdom mindset. That's a kingdom purpose in our daily activities. Colossians 3 23 through 24 speaks of this, and it says, 
Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. In whatever we do, our daily activities, our jobs, our schoolwork, approach everything as if we're serving the Lord. Approach everything as if we're working for the Lord Jesus. Approach everything with that kingdom mindset and that mission. Now, Jesus speaks even more significantly to the highest mission and what purpose we should be about. And that's the mission of sharing the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And we call this the Great Commission. And we can find it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is our ultimate mission and purpose in life is to share with others the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we go about our daily activities, we'll find opportunity to keep that mission as our priority. Now there's one more thought I want to share before I close. We've looked at how Jesus is king, the king of kings, the king of all kings, the king above every other authority. We have to submit ourselves to him. We must give him our allegiance and our will and our respect and our honor and our fear and our loyalty. We are his subjects in his kingdom and our values and priorities must align with his. Several places in the Bible call him the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the king above all others. He's the supreme Lord of all. In Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God has exalted him, talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." And I just get this mental picture of Jesus on his throne and everybody bows to him and recognizes he is the supreme authority. And when he comes again at his second coming, at his return, he will come as a victorious, conquering king. No ruler can oppose him and win. Not the devil himself can oppose Jesus and win. He's going to conquer. He reigns supreme. There's no higher authority. There's no higher power. All things are under his feet, and we stand in awe of him. But the amazing thing is that Jesus left his throne and humbled himself and subjected himself to torture and execution on a cross in order to atone for our sins. He loved us so much that he died for us. He cares for us. He wants a relationship with us. And because he reconciled us to God by his shed blood, 
we can have a relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says that those, those who are born again become sons and daughters of God. We become part of his family, part of his royal family. So yes, we must submit to Jesus because he's our king. And we must know our place as his subjects, right? He's in charge and we aren't. But, and we must respect and honor and fear him. But we also need to realize we're part of his family, the sons and daughters of God, and someday we will reign with him. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 in closing today. I want to read an extended passage here from Romans chapter 8. Starting in verse 14, and then I'll pick up later at 31. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And then verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's all stand. If any of you here have a need for prayer, if you want to submit your life to the rule of Jesus for the first time, if you have a need for physical healing or for any other, any other need, I invite you to come up after the service Our prayer team will be happy to pray with you up front here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your kingdom that we we are part of, Lord, that we have the privilege to be part of through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go through our lives, may, may we just remember to be about our Father's business, to make your values our values, to make your priorities 
our priorities. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a perfect king who rules and reigns in righteousness. And Lord, we just thank you that you are with us and you have brought us into your family and that someday we will rule and reign with you in your kingdom. And Lord, we just pray now as we go forth that you would bless us on our way, that we would have a week that's uh, fulfilling and prosperous, Lord, and useful to you in your kingdom. And we just pray that your kingdom would advance through our actions this week. Be with us now, we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.